Okay. Okay, then it is. We're back. We're back. We're fucking back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, guys, how long has it been? A long time since yeah. we did this. Like a fucking year. So it's like Christmas. I'm happy to see no one has aged. They've all stayed yeah, exactly the same age. Grecian Barely. formula for men. Mm. Well, all right. What are we drinking today? Taquitos. You're drinking. Why don't you tell? Whiskey. Why don't you tell us, Ryan? Do all the right. right thing. Six-year-old rye. Say that again, Dad. Hudson whiskey. Do the right thing. Six-year-old New York rye. Now the bottles you're holding. Uh, there are no other six-year ryes that have been put out other than this particular label, yeah. which they made about 200 bottle, 200 or 250 bottles of which and several were given to you right several <laughs> several were given to me and to alec yeah um maybe that's around awesome. 30, like, in, like honor, 30, in you know. honor of the release right of the movie mm -hmm. yeah I've given the story well, cool. of well we were making the film uh alec who was not a rye fan tried a barrel that they had us try while we were filming. Yeah, Brendan, the lead, he goes by Sight Lead, which is about the sexiest, not sexy title. Um, but he's the he's the head guy, the head honcho. And uh, he had us try some barrels of rye and a number of other things, in fact. Uh, mm -hmm. But Alec became a convert. And Brendan, being the gentleman that he is, remembered and set aside that barrel or whatever. Not necessarily that barrel, but like, clocked like that particular run of rye and when it came time to premiere the movie which we did at their facility he had produced 200 plus bottles uh <laughs> from that run for for us that's, for this that's, film. Cool. that's fucking awesome isn't that cool yeah so for some of us a majority of us on this call our family name is on the bottle. How cool is that? Awesome. And dad, all right, who here is a Rye fan? Ryan fan. Who here's a Ryan fan? <laughs> I love Ryan. So I'm not a Rye fan, but I got to have a whiskey thief mouthful kind of force fed to me. <laughs> your dad said he liked it he but, loved it yeah it was really good and this bottle i get that kind of aroma off the top the kind of grainy mm -hmm. farmy kind of oh yeah smell. but the taste is really good and the finish oh. is really sweet and delicious so are you saying I'm that the, the nose doesn't work for you the nose doesn't work for me but the, the flavor the actual flavor and finish are very good Gotcha. I get, I definitely get like a strong herbal scent right off the top. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. We're getting an earthy, an earthy kind of grassy, minty. Like it, it, to me, minty. there's, it's like eucalyptus and mint. I, I get mm. both. Yeah, and I get fire, I, I, fire I get candy. Some dill in there. So to me, I get mm. the weird. Yeah. The weird thing, yeah. yeah. 
on the, I love the nose. I love the farminess of the nose. But I and I get the, the grain and I get the grass, right? But is that like I get fire fire like TV a for sure. grass field? Mm-hmm. I have had a dark chocolate to kind of set my palate, which really helps. All right. But the, I happen to have dark chocolate right here. <laughs> the finish is really sweet. It's very good. Oh, yeah. It's so good. That was the first thing that stuck out. So, like, we went to prepare for the screening. We went to a meeting there. And they, they showed us, like, oh, hey, guess what? We made a bottle for you. And we were like, what? <laughs> Blown away. And then, so, we of course, they poured us some. And right out of the gate, I was like, well, we also had barrel strength, which this is not. So, we right. tried this run barrel strength. And I was immediately, I was like, whoa, this is wild. And the, but the sweetness just like overtakes you on the finish. It's so good. Yeah, super sweet, wow. like sweet tea, sweet mint tea. Mm -hmm. That makes you fun. Mm -hmm. well, is that 92 proof kind of where they proof their stuff at? Yeah. Because, because I got that nice single barrel bottle of uh, straight bourbon whiskey from you. And that's what it's proofed at as well. 92, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's is, where the, I think they like to sit. I think that's gives is you anybody getting uh, uh, fire candy from this or no? What kind? Like fireball candy? Hmm. I, I get I it every time. No, no. So you're talking about red hot cinnamon? Yeah. I get a little tinge of that, but not bad. But not no, like the cinnamon not. candy bourbon that we're using. No, 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 no. Not like that. No, no, no. No. I get that on the nose more than anything. That's what I was about to say. I, I get it on the nose. I don't well get it. So, yeah. Tammy, the the double charred whiskey that I have as well uh -huh. is also 92 proof. Yeah. So, so that must be the number they like. I saw that. That uh, was almost gone. This one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, tell us about that, Dad. Uh, it's It's actually yummy. It's like different, completely different from like Woodford or Old Forester double oaked, um, old fine whiskey, mm -hmm. but um, it's actually really good. It's got a nice finish. Tim and I tried some when he was here last time and it was kind of a hard uh, follower because we tried Remus Repeal 7 first mm. and Remus Repeal 7 is really good. It's better than five and six. Well, you guys saw the results of the, the blind taste we did. Yeah. Where and didn't so, that rank like number two or three? It was one and two, depending on Tim or me. Right. Is yeah. that um is that the one you had me try, Devin? Yeah, I can get it like I don't know, so can go anytime you guys want more of it. Was that the uh, so I had at your house though? Yeah. You think the market's getting a little saturated? I don't know. I, I mean, it seems like there. It, it seems like it's easier to find stuff, and, and and I don't mean like crazy stuff, but I mean just the things that were typically like you had to know somebody. I'm I'm starting to see on the shelf. Well, um, like I, I've noticed higher larceny cow black label. Black yeah, label. that's because somebody six years ago saw the trend, or like tapped in. Like we were. I mean, six years ago we were just barely getting sort of going. Five years ago, yeah. Five years ago. So, like, do you think someone six years ago, four years ago, whatever it was, 
they started producing more. Like, I'd be curious when the uptick was. It's kind of I mean, weird though, because we didn't we didn't get started because there was like a bunch of people getting started, right? We just kind of started on a kind of on a whim. Yeah, because of you, because of you, man. Well, yeah, <laughs> you were you were at a freaking. We got started because you were at an airport one day and decided to drink a bourbon. Yeah, right, right. So we all really got into it. Yeah. Well, it's it's circumstantial too because I think that Alec and I around the same time were also. It's all Kentucky. It's like when we returned to Kentucky, it's like we were working and trying stuff. I'm trying to think of like what triggered me to start having like Maker's Mark at my house or Woodford Reserve. I always liked Woodford Reserve, like for a yeah. long time. Same. I, yeah, I wonder so if it was following following my air airplane airport uh, visit. I had lunch at Uccello's watching a football game or a baseball game. What was it, Tim? A football? I think it was a football game. Wasn't it hockey? It's either football or hockey. <laughs> Some sport. A sport. Oh, no, it was, it was, I feel like golf. it was Bears. I think we, it was we baseball. Were, baseball. We were watching it at Uccello's. Professional and, uh, Timmy said, hey, let's try some makers. And we had some makers. It was really good. Mm. Now, part of that might have been, you know, how it was served. but A lady okay. in a bikini. Mine was, I think, new. What new? Was it New Year's Eve, twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, and nineteen? It would have been twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, yeah. And you're like, "This is what you're drinking." And I went, "Okay." <laughs> and it was good, had, though, right? I don't remember what we had then, but there were some good bottles there. And it is. His doctor was right. like, "Who did this to you?" Yeah, my doctor's like, "What happened to your liver?" Um, <laughs> I, I know one of them was the. Um, was the 18 was uh boone uh boone's county 1833 yeah to this day that's like the bourbon that got me into it like what when i tasted that i was like okay it's done you had that bottle yeah mgp juice i had two bottles of it at different times 13 year mgp was like i i don't know about the 13 mgp that would come out today but the 13 mgp that came out Five years ago or four years ago was some really good stuff. I was at a Kroger in Ohio and left a bottle on the shelf. The funny thing is now you can't go to a, a grocery store in Ohio without some four other doofuses who look just like you trying to find the bottles on the phone with their friends being like, it, what color is the label? <laughs> it's like, oh, God, get me out of here. <laughs> get some Doritos and call it a day. Right, yeah, we were uh, we were in Indiana, I think, at uh, Wise Guys, mm-hmm. and this person was like freaking out over Blood Oath. He like grabbed there was three bottles of it. He grabbed all three, put it in his cart, and got on the phone right away. I'm going, fuck off, man! Like, <laughs> I'm going. Fuck off! <laughs> I don't yeah, like that's what, that's what I'm thinking. Because I was gonna possibly grab that bottle. I was like, "Oh, cool! They have blood oath. I've never seen that. I might get that." And then he took all three and got on the phone because it just it was definitely a resale thing. No, we we interviewed the master distiller at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. He yeah. was signing stuff. He was like a little bit rock star acting. Deluxe row guy, yeah. That I, that or yeah. that that or shy, but either way, yeah. he didn't really seem interested. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I sometimes don't factor in shy with people. That some people are just shy and want to not talk, but Ryan's like he he was so like so busy that he didn't want to yeah. talk to me. And yeah, I, was like, well, I just don't think he liked people. No, just yeah. just crippling anxiety. Uh, <laughs> like, Ryan's like, fine. Well, Ryan's like the non-shy stuck up where yeah. where some people appear to be stuck up just because they're actually shy. Ryan's <laughs> like Oh, you're not from New York? Yeah, you're probably stupid. <laughs> Notice, you're, out uh, touch, you're out of touch and you're stupid. Yeah, you feel. You're probably from the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's the only one that wore the legit shirt tonight. Oh, oh no, I have one different shirt. I, I have a black t-shirt on. Yeah, I wore it, so I wore it, I wore it for Halloween. What'd you say, Al? Said, don't take your shirt off. We're going to get kicked off Zoom. Oh, yeah, they'll think we have breasts. <laughs> They literally, we took our shirts off and it identified us as having breasts. Wait, really? Dad and Tim. Oh, and that's nice, and... Kyle. Where was that hiding? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a non-usable bar towel. Uh, <laughs> I keep, I keep it sitting on the bar because oh, if cool. I wear it, it just lives in my drawer. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I wish I could wear mine, but I, my body shape is too odd that shirts don't. Work. <laughs> Why they don't fit, pair, Alec? They don't have pear shirts. They don't pear shape. They have That's they have right. they have um they have some really nice cuts, but they don't have pear cut. So when the when the guy says nice pear to you, that's not about your boobs. What guy? <laughs> I don't know. New York, <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah, Alec, you tell us what guy. What guy? <laughs> Fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say hi to Mikey. Hi, Mike. Mikey. Mikey was oh, Hey, was cat. Asking. You named your cat Mike Wazowski? Yeah, well, she sort of came that way. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she did. She only has one eye. <laughs> Wazowski. Yeah, I heard that. All right. So, hey, we're drinking Hudson whiskey. It's yeah, a six-year rye. And it's very good. Six-year-old rye. Very delicious. And you're food. actually into it. So, you... The nose freaks you out a little bit because the farm thing isn't really what you're going for. Yeah. But sweet finish. It turns first. me off at first, but then once I actually take a drink, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. You know, I gotta go, Ryan. I gotta go grab my knee. I just had it on the rocks, but now I'm gonna have knee. I'm so enjoying it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started off neat in the Glencairn, and I and I really enjoyed it that way. <laughs> um, I put it on the ice and uh had it uh, on the ice and it opens up the flavor a little bit and it's a little more floral to me mm, yeah, on the maybe. ice maybe what do you think Timmy are you a rye? you're you're more into rye than my dad is well I've, i i've drank rye i have i have a, a few bottles of, of uh, rye mm. that i like the bullet rye for for uh, as a mixer right mm. uh, and so I, I i had that um I've got a peerless rye. Peerless rye is good. Yeah, Sazerac, of course. Mm -hmm. That's a um, good one. Yeah, I got a uh, a will of the will of the state rye. Yeah. Mm. Purple yeah. top. Yeah. Uh, is purple top a rye or is purple top a bourbon? Purple I think top purple is top bourbon. is that bur special bourbon. You uh, think I would know that by now? Purple top. I actually, I, I literally just had to look it up. Not even two weeks ago. I did not know until that. Point. Well, I have, I do have a few ryes. I, you gave me your K Luke rye, which I actually really liked. 
And I really liked it too. I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was delicious. The Caleb Bourbon was actually really good as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it also helped that I first time I had it, I was on the beach and it was nighttime by the fire. Dad, what's your face? What's that? So this is the double oaked, and it's actually uh -huh. really good. So it's a Hudson Whiskey Double Oak, ninety-two proof. Wait, bourbon. wait a minute. It's not mm. double, is it? It's the because there Show was us a, the label. Double, double charred. 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 It's different. Is it just another term for double oaked? I don't think so. I think there was a, a fire or something, and the barrel was on. There's a story there. I just can't remember it. Oh, is it from the explosion? It it might be. They no. had an explosion. Oh, listen, listen to this. This limited edition Hudson double charred whiskey is a blend of rye and bourbon spirits recovered from the Tuttletown fire of 2012. 100 freshly filled 10 gallon barrels were found to have survived the blaze. The exteriors were completely charred but they maintained integrity, preserving the whiskey inside. The whiskey blend from those double charred barrels serves as a reminder from our, of our determination to carry on making fine whiskey. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a gimmick, but it's, it, as we know, little tiny variables can change the taste of a, of a whiskey, but it's not double oaked. I gotcha. I thought or it was, but you're right. And it's not bourbon. It's blended. It's a blend, it's a blend of rye and, and bourbon. bourbon. Yep, it's That's a blend. That's cool, though, Dad, that you've, you've had that and you sort of approached it as a certain thing and really liked it, not really knowing. Yeah, but I, I liked it because I liked the taste. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, that's right, cool. you're right, though, Ryan, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm curious, Dad, though, if they did finish that, what? what kind of if they did a second finish what what it would taste like if they did do a proper double double oak yeah so, right take the double the double char double char and, and double finish oak. it yeah yeah that would be cool yeah. you know what they should have they should have shaved off some of the the burnt charcoal and then put that into the barrel and let it like <laughs> just really smoky and dark Hey, hey Brendan, the, if you're listening, you can use yeah. any of these ideas. They're free. <laughs> Take some of the charred staves and yeah. just pop them in the barrel, right? So yeah, like, did, is it smoky? Is there a smokiness to it at all? No. Did it absorb no, any well, you, you, tried, you tried it when you were here, Tim. Yeah, I know. I, I was just trying to remember. But I, I mean, I, I liked it. Now that I know what's in there, I guess I can kind of taste the rye, which surprises me. But it's really good. It's... Yeah, smooth and sweet. Sorry, catch me up in thirty seconds. What which bourbon are you guys talking about? This is <laughs> Hudson double charred whiskey, but it's not double oaked. It's just double charred. It was in a fire. Uh, it's it's a recovered. It... It's a blend of rye and bourbon that was recovered from a fire. Okay. They had so if if I'm understanding, the fire was the explosion, which fire is much better than saying explosion, but. That the same room that we screened in, this is sort of prior to being purchased by William Grant. I don't quote me on that, but uh, before they were a little more flush with cash, maybe I don't know. I don't really know the situation. This can happen, of course, but they they didn't have uh, 
they have now updated their technology to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But basically, their mash or fermenting room, mash room, uh, the big tank room, the uh, fermentation room, yeah, fermentation room exploded. There was an explosion, and luckily nobody was hurt, um, and and caused some serious damage, but was all repairable. And like we have, they have a great run of of, of bourbon as a result, or of, of that bottle, the double charge. But what was interesting is that I don't know who it was, but somebody was in there, like minute a minute before it exploded. Some some situation where by pure luck they got called out or whatever and left, and shortly thereafter, boom. Maybe yeah, they well, I, don't, I don't remember. Exactly what room it happened in, but it was it. They did, yeah. There was there was a close call situation. Maybe they should call it Savior's Charred Whiskey. Ooh, yeah, that that would sell very well in the Midwest. I don't know so much about New York. Or how about Xavier's Charred Whiskey? <laughs> Some guy who pretended it was Xavier who <laughs> saved everybody. The time the Xavier, you create a myth about that guy. The time Xavier almost blew up. People are doing some like crazy shit with whiskey now it, it's it's super interesting that just kind of just makes me think about it like is, what have you, have you heard of uh the the keeper's heart yes right i i constantly hear it on us uh, i listen to a lot of sports radio so it's, it's interesting uh, so keeper's heart is like an irish whiskey blended with bourbon hmm so it's yeah it's irish whiskey mixed with google that real quick right but it's really interesting it's and this guy gets a lot of uh, praise for it. It kind of reminds me of Tim. Tim, what's that bottle at Costco where it was like the? Was it like a Japanese whiskey mixed with bourbon? Um, what was that one at Costco forever? Oh, the, you mean the Legion? Yeah. No, the, the Legion. Yeah, those were blended by the Japanese blender. You know, uh, Jim Beam. Jim Beam, right? And Centauri. And they, he aged them, Centauri, right? He aged them in wine barrels, right? Yeah, I have a and bottle of that. Blended it. Mm-hmm. I have them floating around for a while. Yeah. Well, I guess this is not quite that, but it's kind of like the whole trying different blends and making it work and people like it. Yeah. I don't know, it's kind of cool. I feel like I, they, uh, don't, they don't do enough nods to Japanese whiskey or culture in bourbon, considering that essentially saved the industry's but for 20 years brands i mean being like the brand is what japanese owns still well yeah right i mean yeah that's it's, it, i mean i guess they're not they're not you, making it but still yeah japanese whiskey has its own kind of reputation so i feel like the american audience might not be as into it but i mean you know there's a lot of there's obviously a lot of ties to japanese and some of the stuff would be pretty cool like we're working on the sake thing right now and I was really excited to see this bottle. It had like a samurai on it. And like one has like a kind of a top. It looks like a samurai like hat thing, I think. And like, I think that's really fun. And I'd love to see that. Like if Suntory put something out for the American market that had like a samurai or a cool sword or something, it'd be gimmicky, but it'd be fun. And just do a crazy, you know, Japanese bourbon blend of some sort and just, you know, American samurai or something. It would probably do fucking gangbusters. Well, I, I think with like the bourbon craze that has happened in the last five to eight years, I don't even want to give it a decade yet, but I, I really think it's cool because it's opened up 
the door to bringing traditional rye whiskey back, right? Because rye was kind of before bourbon. It brought mm. the classic whiskey back. And then it's it's also kind of tested American whiskeys and Irish whiskeys. Like, hey, you guys got to compete in this market while it's hot. And, and, you know, people are really liking this stuff right now. And you got to try some different things and you got to be unique because if it doesn't stand out. And then that kind of that kind of segues into what we're talking about right now, Ryan, which is like the whole Japanese whiskey. And maybe they're starting to make a starting to have a footprint in it, too. And maybe it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know about, the season's, don't know this about, season's Japanese about whiskey. New York whiskey, though. This season Japanese whiskey, but the Japanese certainly kept the bourbon world alive while we forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah, they they were definitely That's why I feel it. like a nod a nod to that would be cool. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Do you think it's ever gonna dip again in the next do you think it'll hit critical max? And yeah, then it, I feel like it has to, right? I mean, it, it only for the fact of if you think about how how alcohol in general goes in phases, I feel like this has been a pretty long phase for anything. Yeah, yeah, but I think what they're they're doing this time is planning for the international sales. Before it was kind of like, you know, they're like, "Ah, oh, we'll sell up to the Japanese or whatever." Like in this case, they're expanding. Like bourbon is becoming more popular worldwide. Like it's so our world right now, and it's so expansive, and it's on the shelves. But like, it does not exist in the bar rooms in other places in other countries i mean finding bourbon in in europe was hard and so i think that like there there's a whole huge market to still tap of people who are going to love it but but like anything you have to sell it to that audience you can't say like they're like oh, american bourbon they're you know that's going to turn people off um, you right know, it's those cultures that want the american ideal right and like the, the the way that those cultures who who bought Levi's right and had to get Levi's right it's those yeah. cultures that had to drink Budweiser beer you know I travel all the country Budweiser king of beers yeah I'm like, eh, it's shit and, yeah. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but it, it, it's the American icon Coca Cola whatever it is right yeah and that's what it is it's so oh, yeah I mean what about oh, the um the capacity increases like buffalo trace right has added a gazillion rickhouses and increased capacity what happens like five years from now when that capacity starts to become available volumes and the bourbon peak starts the decline right well here's the the gamble which we're we're learning with a uh, brand we won't say is that a brand that is produced a bunch of stuff that's potentially going out of business knows at the end of the day that they have a rickhouse full of ethanol uh if if need be and they could sell off that to be produced into other things you're absolutely right it's packaged energy right so it is i think that they're hedging their bets that if okay they don't like this thing that we we took the time to whatever if we've got you know warehouses full of fuel or or vodka or whatever we'll be prepared we'll have the liquid so it's not ride the wave as far as you can expand your markets as far as you can and at the end of the day if they want vodka, <laughs> the shit in the vodka i think that's how at the corporate mind that's how they're seeing it now obviously i don't think it's shit but, yeah <clears throat> it's a commodity yeah if you if you grew the corn you can still sell it you know 
somehow. It, if it's yeah. interesting to me, though, that like 15 or 20 years ago, Weller was a, a shit whiskey that you could get for 10 bucks, right? And now it's a shit whiskey you get for 40. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's how it was kind of thought of, right? Yeah. yeah. And years yeah. from now, they're going to have this capacity up so high that Weller's going to be readily available on every Meyer shelf and every total wine shelf. Yeah. And it's not going to be as highly thought of again, right? It's kind well, of- Well, will weird, they, will they be able to control volume on purpose? That's that. That's what it seems like they're doing to me. I mean, it, or or they plan to do, because again, they they can use that room for other things. I mean, I feel like they're looking at it from the perspective of okay, worst case scenario, we've already brought the popularity of of bourbon up high enough that there are enough people that'll stay interested. Yeah, we might lose twenty percent, but we'll turn. We we don't need to. You know, we already funded those expansions now with the money we're making now. So we don't need to make money on it 10 years from now. If in 10 years we're making 150 times the amount of bottles of E.H. Taylor than we were last year, cool. If we let it sit in that rickhouse for eight years and we call it stag, okay, it's stag now. Um, yeah. I, I think they're, they're looking at it from the tier of like, I mean, if you look at like Irish whiskey, right, there's still that market that buys the 18 year McAllen's and the, and the super high end premium stuff. I mean, if they make a bunch of the super high end premium stuff and get enough money for it, they still make money on it. They're still fine. Well, and you get the opportunity to create other products, right? Elijah Craig now, right. They're releasing the 15 and now the, and, it, and then it's the 18 and the next, it's going to be probably the 23 or the 20. Yeah. You know, 20, Eagle right? rare. It get right eagle rare 25 25 yeah 25 right it gives you the opportunity to do those kind of things as well right new products or expand age wise age statement right and um, well, and it's that already popular product right and that supply and demand like if if the popularity grows and the population of people buying it grows too right then they can sort of teeter on like what we have and what we're in the audience is selling it is growing sort of at the same, same rate or like we're, you know, they can yeah. sort of ride a wave longer than expect. It's not, you know, it's not beanie babies. Right. Exactly. They can That's use that. Market. Yeah, but they, but they can use us. Right. I mean, yeah. we're all, we're all still going to be interested in buying a 23 year old Elijah Craig 10 years from now. There should be a good, yeah. decent fan base that's like, I'm a whiskey drinker for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, all 48 years of it. I will say the hunt is kind of fun. Like, the the rarity does kind of make it fun to me in, in some aspects. Good stuff, my friends. To drink. Oh, to drink is to live. It's to live. It's to live. Cheers. It's to live. Cheers. Cheers.